We need one of those movie roll things where it's like, and when they click it, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I know what you're talking about with like the shapes on it and it does, I don't then know, it, but this is like, this is cut 999.9. <laughs> Wait, are, are we doing it now? Yeah, it's recording. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hi. Hello. Welcome to our show. But we need some kind of little catchy, like, time to crawl. Yeah, I think so. Um, we'll have to do some experimentation with that. Okay, so thank you to everybody that has listened so far. I am Woo-hoo. so excited that so many of our friends and family and just people that like true crime have listened and have just like enjoyed. I hope they're enjoying it and at least our friends are telling us that. <laughs> it's so fun that other people might be enjoying what we're enjoying. Yes, I would agree. I've heard so many nice things and we've been left some really nice comments on Instagram and just we so appreciate it. You we're not paying them to be nice. You don't have to be nice, but here <laughs> they are, you know. But yeah, but oh. our Instagram is so helpful to look like because we always post stuff about the episodes we're doing and it's fun. We're not like annoying posters, I think. So <laughs> I mean we might be. <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm enjoying it, but Yes. I, also, we are almost, sorry, we're almost to 100 followers, and I want to do, like, a little, not a big giveaway, but, like, a little giveaway when we get to 100. I think we're, like, yeah. 97 right now. So, if you're listening to this, and we're not at 100 yet, so go follow us, and you might get a treat out of it. Yes, yes, I have some ideas. Okay, that was a real me. shameless plug. I love it, I love it. Um. Okay, well, well I was going to ask you, what are some things that, I know this has been, like, a very stressful week for pretty much all of us for one reason or another. Um, So what has been like some things that you've been listening to, reading, watching that have helped you keep your mind occupied or, you know, what, what's, what's been your binge worthy thing this week? Um, I'm really in the long haul to finish Gilmore Girls. I have like one season left. (laughs) Yeah. You've only had 20 years, Ambie. I know. I know. But listen, it used to come on after Full House. Then after, but after Full House, it would be dinner time. So when it was actually mm. on TV, so yeah, I'm enjoying that. I've been, uh, like I said, whining crime. I've been trying to catch up with them, man. I'm like 200 episodes behind still, and I listen <laughs> oh, to them. All, I probably listen to like five, ten episodes a week, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, because I've been doing a lot of like mindless work this week. I just have been cataloging, cataloging uh, medical records. Woohoo! Oh. Fun. That yeah. actually is fun because it is mindless and you can veg out and have a, like a podcast in the background. Yeah, and I literally am typing. I'm like, uh, flexion at ninety degrees, blah blah blah. I'm like, <laughs> I am basically a physical therapist now. So um, and all, yeah, yeah. All my friends are in medical, so it's like super super. I'm always like, what does this even mean? I text my friends all the time. I have a I have a friend that's a nurse. I have a friend that's a mental health counselor. I have a friend that is a social worker have a uh, physical um, therapist, doctors, uh, physician assistant. I mean, like, literally the whole spectrum. And then over here, I'm like, I like law because no math and science couldn't be <laughs> That's That's literally the camp that I'm in. But mm-hmm. I also have to do medical records in my job. And so, like, you know that, um, you remember Life Size, the Tyra Banks movie, where she turns in, she's Eve? Oh, God, yes. You know yes. when she works? Yes, when she works in the office and she has that cute little tweed peach suit on. Literally obsessed with that movie when I was a little yes. kid. Still am. Love her. 
love it but <laughs> she's wearing that tweed suit and she's just <laughs> tapping but she when it shows the screen it's like jkla like it's just gibberish and like every time i type the word spondylothesis that's how i feel i'm like what does that mean <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly l5 s1 i don't yes. know oh my god c1 through c4 lumbar something uh, la la i'm like what and then every single doctor has like a different way of writing stuff this is so boring to everyone else but it's fine <laughs> it's okay if if you know you know yeah if you know you know i wish i didn't know unfortunately i do yeah big <laughs> retweet retweet so but i can't believe it's thursday um so that is pretty nice to be able to talk about our week in like a normal direction like this will come out on hopefully saturday so yeah but what have you been focusing on i know i talked a little bit about the election like i have been tracking that but it's from like a logical standpoint like i need to know like okay you know we have north carolina we have pennsylvania who's super slow but then we have nevada who's even slower and everyone is being fun of them and honestly the memes it's worth it can I just say, can I, oh my gosh, the funniest, <laughs> do you know what I'm about to say? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I, I love to take baths. It's like, that's my me time. Like I could sit in a bathtub for two hours. I turn my heater on. It's a safe distance away. Don't worry. But like I veg out in there and <laughs> I do a lot of mindless scrolling. And today, before we started recording, I was in there, you know, getting mentally prepped and my this girl that I was in that uh I went to college with she's in my sorority she shared this meme and it was like uh I can't unhear this and it was T.I.'s whatever you like but playing over I want Joe Biden I need Joe Biden and I was like oh I wish we could play it but I don't think you can because copyright but I obviously can't carry a tune in a bucket but my gosh it is the funniest thing and I don't know why I don't know if I'm just hysterical at this point, but, like, I lost my mind for a good five minutes over it. That is, I love that. Honestly, it sounds like it. Like, now that you hear it, kind of like... You can't um, unhear it! Literally. Um, I want Joe Body. I want Joe, Joe Body. Biden. <laughs> That's like, you know that song? It's like, uh, girl, how you shake it? And, and then it's like... Just park my manis, and it's like, it, I thought that he was talking about parking his manis, I thought that was a car, but he says, pardon my manners. Like, why am I not, or, um. Wait, uh, I knew that one, pardon yeah. manners, yeah, oh, I yeah. knew that one, I knew that keys, one. Keys, 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 you know that song, the kiss, 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 it's just like, keys, 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 like, he lost his keys. Keys, 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 oh my god, no, I knew that one was kiss, kiss. <laughs> Um, okay, do you want to know an embarrassing one that I wholeheartedly believed and would sing and would jam out to? Yes. Was, um, who sings Stealing Can't Hold Us? Is that John Legend? Uh, I don't know, but it's Something, Stealing Can't Hold Us. Uh, I don't know. I'm not with it, but I wholeheartedly thought it said something like Stealing Fan Holders. And I sang it one time, and Josh was like, what What did you just say? And I said, ceiling fan holders. Like, seal, I don't know what it means. It sounds stupid, but it's catchy. Ceiling fan holders. And he was like, oh, my gosh. And he, like, made me say it again. And he was like, hope, honey. Let me just break this down for you. Oh, and I, no. to this day, we all just sing ceiling fan holders. 
Um, I've been listening to, well, I'm caught up on all, I have the opposite problem of you. I just play podcasts in the background 25-7. So I'm like ahead on all of my podcasts, unfortunately. I've re-listened to some of them. And so I started listening to this one called Redhead Report. It's smaller and newer. I think they start, I could be wrong, but I think they started at the beginning of the pandemic. And they're just like two friends, like, I mean, like us, and they're hilarious. And I think... I don't know what they what their plan was starting out. Maybe just like all things swoopy, but now it's like a lot of murders and stuff, and yeah. they're they're funny. Um, but I agree with a lot of what they say, so I like them. So check them out; they're pretty cool. Yeah, and actually, if you go to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, it'll suggest some similar podcasts, including one of them that was listed was Crime Junkie. So we're in shut up. Yes, yes. No. Yes. Yeah, so. Oh my god. That is the uh that's the true crime podcast that made me obsessed with all this. Really? Yeah, yeah that theme song, I, so man. Many people love her. Oh, I know. They're so oh, their I love her. are so addicting. Like they definitely go in some of the categories that we were talking about last episode with like just people that really just pull you in, you know? Yeah, she, I loved her because, I mean, she did some, like, heavy hitters. Like, she did, like, Lacey Peterson early on and stuff. But yeah. she does a lot of, like, oh, this random lady from Indiana or, you know, she does a lot of those, too. And I think it's really good because she has a huge platform. Like, I really want to listen to their spinoff, the presidential one. It's, like, about. Oh, I've listened to every episode. It's great. Oh, my gosh. I have so many to listen to. We're not together. This week, um, we both had to take COVID tests. Um, I'm negative, double negative, uh, but not double negative equals positive. Just I got two negatives. <laughs> um, Andy got a negative and one's out right now, or did you get a second yeah. one? Yeah, I'm waiting for the other one. I just okay. decided to do another not rapid because it is hard to find. They're more I- accurate. Yeah, the not rapid ones. Yeah. And I need to go to, I'm pretty sure I have a sinus infection is actually what's going on here. I don't know if you can hear my voice right now, but it's... You don't sound bad, but I know what your voice normally sounds like, so I can tell that you're a little bit stuffed up. Yeah. Okay. Hear what you got, baby. Okay, so my story that I picked is one that, oh, it's, it's heavy because, I mean, we're, we're both so similar to the victim. Like we just have a very similar experience as her, and uh, you'll see what happens. Obviously, she's the victim. Unfortunately, she's murdered, and she dies in a season of her life that is so stressful and so miserable, and it's just like, just got to get to the end of the tunnel, and it'll be over with, and everything will be fine, and she didn't get that, and it's just, ugh, I have chills talking about it. I, just, I don't know why, but this one just messes me up a different kind of way, um, so without any further ado, this is the story of Lauren Giddings' murder. I want to start off with my sources because there were two podcasts that I got a lot of information from. There's like a Dateline or something episode, but I could not find it anywhere to stream, so I didn't get to watch it, but both of these podcasts mentioned whatever showed it. I don't know that it's Dateline, but whatever special. Um, So I got a lot from episode 52 of Bless This Mess, a Southern True Crime podcast. Also, The Redhead Report, the other po- the podcast I was talking about in the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a 2014 article um, from the Baltimore Sun by Luke, and I don't know how to say his last name. I'm going to guess Luke Lavoie, L-A-V-O-I-E. Okay, so Lauren Teresa Giddings 
was born on April 18th, 1984 in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Um, Lauren was outgoing and opinionated and um, a lot of the podcast said that, you know, she was a really smart girl. She was very athletic. She played softball. She was really good at softball. Um, she ended up moving to Georgia for college. So she went from Maryland to Georgia. Um, and in college, she went to Agnes Scott College in Georgia. Um, she was a political science major and she played softball. So cool. that's awesome. I mean, gosh, can you imagine playing like a college level sport that is intense and insane to me? Yeah. Um, and so Lauren ended up going to law school at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. It's um, oh, yeah. actually... It's actually called the Walter F. Scott School of Law at Mercer University in Macon, okay. Georgia. And fun fact, my sorority, Eddie Pie, was founded in Macon, Georgia. Really? Thanks, I Eugenia. almost went to Mercer for undergrad, actually. Really? I really liked it. Yeah, I was, I was between, like, going out of town and then not going out of town. So that was one of my, like, top picks. But that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's, like, a little bit of a context for you. See, I don't really... I don't know a lot about the era. I posted the last week, so it's like, grew up there. This one's kind of a little bit more transplanted, right. but this story is just such a crazy one, and, you know, there's a couple of podcasts out there about it, but unfortunately, there's not too, too many, and so I was just like, wow, this really, this is one that really affected me, and we have to do it at some point, so why not now? Right. She got this really good internship at a corporate law firm whenever she was 23, um, and she was like really great at her job there. Um, but she, she didn't want to do that. She wanted to be a public defender, um, represent people who couldn't afford counsel. Um, and I, like we said last time, like do the Lord's work basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she's 23 and while she's working there, she meets an attorney named David who works there, who's 20 years older than her. And they begin to date. I think it was Bless This Mess said that they had, like, some kind of work function where mm -hmm. they got to know each other more, and that's how they, like, connected and started dating. Um, but they're just kind of, like, polar opposites. Like, he's a lot older, and he's very into corporate law. He's really good at that, and she's a lot younger, and she kind of, like, you know, wants to change the world, has this passion, wants to be a public defender. Not that there's anything wrong with being a corporate lawyer. It's just, it's a different track, different person, you know? Right. So they don't really seem to have a lot in common, but... You know, it it turns up to out to be a kind of a up and down relationship. They get it works for them. Um, but okay, so Lauren throughout law school has this little dog. Well, he's not little. He's this like a little fat dog named <laughs> Butterbean. He's a Pekingese mix, and she like took him <laughs> everywhere with her, dressed him up, stuff like that. Um, and she always wore pink. People said that like two thirds of her wardrobe was pink. Oh so. My gosh. Yeah, so, like, the obvious comparison is Elle Woods. Uh-huh. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Lauren um, actually graduated from law school in May of 2011, um, and she was beginning to study for the bar in June. Um, mm -hmm. So, she was, like, a very well-liked girl. She was popular. She was kind of, like, the pretty nice girl in the class. Um, she, some of her school best friends were, was a girl named Ashley. She was still really close with one of her high school best friends named Katie. Um, she was close with Ashley's boyfriend, who was also a law student, and then a guy named Joe, who was a law student, who she kind of, like, I don't know. She, I don't know if they dated, dated, or if they were just kind of, like, a thing whenever her and her 20-year-old boyfriend <laughs> would break up David. Um, mm -hmm. 
but nonetheless, like, they remained friends and stuff. So, like, he's still one of her friends. Um, so, and then there's this other guy that went to school with him named Stephen that's kind of in the mix. And Stephen McDaniels, or McDaniel, not McDaniels. Um, but they all live, it's kind of like Chase, like how everybody pretty much lives in at Highland. Okay, because okay. or Hampton one because it's yeah. like just so close. So for people who don't know, it's like the two closest apartment complex to school, and it's like pretty much all of the law students live at one of those two if they're not locals. Um, yeah. But their apartment was called Barristers Hall, and it's like this little small apartment complex. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of apartments, but literally all of them are for barristers in training, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she lived on the second floor. She was set to move in, bless you, in June, she was supposed to move in with him. So, she was, okay. like, planning to leave her apartment and make it in June. Okay. Um, and actually, the week of her murder, she's, like, starting, well, she doesn't really get far into packing, but, like, things are out. She's, like, about to start packing, which yeah. is so just the worst because it's, like, she was that close, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that's really sad that stuck out to me, but, like, the last time she saw her family was, like, only, like, a week or two before her death at her sister's wedding. So, oh even gosh. though, obviously, this is a terrible story and, like, every murder, at least she did get to have, like, a good last memory with her family. I, I think a lot of people don't get that with a loved one. You know, it, whatever the situation, it gets messy sometimes. And yeah. so, at least there's some solace in the fact that, like, Maybe they can try to remember that versus the horrific thing that happens to her later in the story. On June 24th, June 24th, 2011, her and her friends, Ashley, Joe, Ashley's boyfriend, um, they go out to the bars and they're just, you know, cutting loose, trying to relax because I just got finished with bar prep. I pray to God I don't have to do it again. It's the most stressful thing in the world. So I totally understand, like, needing a minute to chill out. So, while they're out, though, Lauren casually drops this bomb and says, I think somebody's stalking me. And oh her God. friends are like, what? And they, like, don't know if she's drunk or if she's just, like, being dramatic. Or, like, they end up all staying at Joe's house. But Joe and Ashley's boyfriend. I cannot find Ashley's boyfriend's name anywhere. <laughs> but um joe and ashley's boyfriend live together and ashley's her school best friend and joe is that ex-slink and they all end up staying at their the guy's apartment okay that night and so the next day um so that was a friday the saturday ashley doesn't really talk to her because again when you're studying like you talk to your friends every now and then but it's not like you have time for like a phone call or something mm -hmm. every day um and so then the last person that is known to have talked to her is joe on sunday she texts him and she like invites him to hang out with her and he doesn't reply because he's busy studying okay so the last known um interaction with her is on sunday the 26th um and so by the 29th which is a wednesday one of her sisters is like wait nobody has talked to her like i can't get a hold of her none of her friends have talked to her so she's like calling the law school friends and was like hey have you talked to her do you know what's going on i can't get a hold of her this isn't like her right um and so she like tells she tells ashley the best friend at school it's weird because you have law school best friends and then you have like your college your high school or yeah, whatever best friends yeah. like i even say that like oh my law school best friend um so she calls her law school best friend ashley and tells her to use the spare key and to go check on lauren so ashley and her boyfriend 
go over there. And they immediately notice that her car is there. Um, they notice that the apartment's messy. Her purse, wallet, and keys are all there. Her computer's there. And they look on it, and the last email that was sent was at 10.13 on Saturday. And it was an email to her boyfriend, David. And it was talking about how she was freaked out and she thought somebody was stalking her. Which oh is gosh. so eerie. in rec- yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hindsight's twenty twenty, but, like, ugh, it's so unfortunate. Um, so, after seeing this, they, like, kind of, because remember, they all live in that little community together. So, Ashley and Joe and Steven and Ashley's boyfriend, whatever his name is, <laughs> and all the, like, law school people kind of start looking for her because they're like, okay, she, she likes to run. Maybe she's just out on a run and that's why all her stuff's here. She wouldn't need it to go and run. Maybe right. she had to go to the library and get some sort of, like, study aid. Maybe she had to, so they're, like, just looking all over for her, but it's not a huge area, I gather between where they're at and where they think she might be Um, and they can't find her so you know they talk to the sister and they decide you know they need to call the police and report her missing Mm. um and so so that's on june 29th well by june 30th nobody's really talked to her besides joe got a text from her on sunday and he didn't reply so like nobody really knows what's going on um so the big guns get brought in um and they they just start to notice stuff like um even though she's supposed to be moving, if she's been there for six days and her upcoming move date is coming, well, she hasn't packed anything. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's ominous. Nothing's moved. It's now been a day since I called the police and nothing's moved. So they're like, they're catching on. Um, and they talked to the boyfriend and he's like, yeah, I haven't talked to her. I've been in California on a golf trip. So they're like just at the square one. Well, on June 30th, the detective is kind of like looking around the apartment and he is walking around outside and he smells a smell that he knows very well, which is human decomp. So he um, is like, he knows what it is and they like get all the proper people brought in and they like go through the garbage and unfortunately find a um, bag containing her decomposing torso but what was very telling before they all i mean there weren't many missing girls from that apartment obviously but they hadn't done dna yet to confirm it but they found a decomposing human torso with pink running shorts on oh my which she's like known for being the all pink all the time girl Mm -hmm. um and what's so crazy is the garbage was actually supposed to be picked up that morning but all the police cars were blocking the like garbage truck and his the garbage man's entry to the garbage area and so he was like I'll just come back later and get it so wow that garbage would not have been there had her sister not been like oh my gosh no get them here get and got the ball rolling when she did if she hadn't done that they might not have ever found out what happened to Lauren so I know that that's like a small thing I guess in in the grand scheme of things but her sister you know she she kind of she's the one she's the reason why they figured this out at the time that they find the torso none of her friends know because they're all getting interviewed by the police like everybody from law school everybody that lives in that complex that i've been talking about so they're all getting interviewed it's like um, ashley the boyfriend joe also the maintenance man that's not someone i've mentioned yet and he's also a law student but he like works there and gets cheaper rent or something is yeah. what blesses Smith said. Um, and then Stephen, of course, her next door neighbor, who's also a law student. They are interviewing them and 
you know, all of them are just like, yeah, we're just trying to find her. We haven't seen her, blah, blah, blah. We've been studying. We're just trying to get ready for the bar. We don't know. Like, we're, we're trying to give you as much info as we can. So, they're at her apartment still while all that's going on. Um, and they can tell that there's no forced entry. So, they're like, okay, maybe somebody with a key did it. Who has a key? The maintenance man. He ends up being good. Like, he has an alibi. So, um... It's, like, obviously not him. Like, they rule him out immediately with an alibi. Um, and then the boyfriend's, he's not there because he's, like, in transit. And he's, like, on his way back. But once they talk to him, they immediately rule him out because he's not there. He's literally in California. Right. Um, all the friends are gone. Like, they're at the, doing interviews with the police when the tour says found. So, when they get back to their apartment complex. Because, think about it. At the end of the day, they have to come back. Like, that's where they live. Mm -hmm. Isn't that horrible? Like, can you imagine your best friend being found, part of your best friend being found in your apartment's garbage can and you have, that's where you have to go back to sleep? Right. God, I can't. And knowing I, that's that they don't know who, it did, who did it. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. Plus just the, oh my, all of it. I, yeah, I could not. But it's fair to say that by the time they get out, like, they're behind. They don't know what's going on. So everybody else knows more than they do. Well, they, um... They, I guess, like, I don't know if they asked Stephen or Stephen volunteers, but he doesn't know yet that they found the torso. And so they're, like, asking him, like, how are you, whatever. And they're, like, something about the body being found. He was, like, what? And he just, like, his whole demeanor changes. And he's, like, in shock. His, like, eyes flutter. Like, I thought the poor guy, well, I thought the guy was going to hit the ground. That's <laughs> all I got to say. Like, I mean, he went white. It was crazy. Um, so he had like a visible reaction to the news from the newscaster saying they found a torso. So he goes and sits down and he's like, looks like he's hyperventilating. And you can look this up. Like that interview and a lot of other ones are on YouTube. Yeah. I just don't like to, I don't like to look at a lot of those because this case makes me a level of angry that I rarely get. And I just couldn't stand, I couldn't stomach watching it all. Yeah. Um, but it's there if you're into it. So look it up if if you want but whatever it's like he's just like so shocked and it does it seem genuine like does anyone comment on that oh he is genuinely shocked because spoiler alert steven did it <laughs> the trash was supposed to be picked up that day uh yeah so he was shocked because he was like oh my god i am i'm like i'm got because he would have gotten away with it if the trash hadn't got picked up or if right. the trash would have got picked up he would have been gotten away with it so he was in this interview and he's assuming that the trash got picked up he doesn't know so i think it is genuine shock i think after a while because he comes back and does like two or three more that day i think then it becomes performative and he's trying to do like some save some face and be like oh my friend I, and he like suggests mm -hmm. what he thinks happens to her and he's like oh i think she was running and somebody picked her up off the running trail because you know people kidnap people and he's just like saying crazy stuff that yeah, yeah putting putting it off on somebody else when before he was just like we're trying to find lauren you know very somber and serious you know and in his police interview his first one he's like you know all hands on deck trying to find lauren but because of this this like news interview where he's clearly i mean i would def i'm not a medical professional as we discussed in the beginning <laughs> but yeah. i would say that he was probably in shock whenever yeah. she told him that like he yeah. literally looked like he's gonna pass out and so because he acts so bizarre they're like okay we have to talk to him again because something something about that's not right and like why is he so involved that he wants to give two or three interviews why you know like mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. he's too involved in it um 
But so they interviewed him again. And he, like I said, his whole demeanor changes from his first interview to his second interview. And he's just like, yes, no, I don't know. Like not giving him anything. Um, and not the news interview, but the police interviews where he said he thinks somebody nabbed her running in the park. Um, but they like let him know that they watched the interview and they think it's weird and stuff. But he, they can't crack him. He will not say anything. Um, but what he doesn't know is while they are interviewing him, they're actually searching his apartment. Um, <laughs> and this is something that I found or I heard on uh, Bless This Mess episode on this. Specifically this. Okay. There's a lot of sources that go over some of the things they find in his apartment. But item numero uno on this list, uh, I'm so glad that they included it because no one else did that I saw. Number one, underwear cut out like a mask. <laughs> Can you imagine the type of fool that would try to attack and kill somebody wearing flippant underwear cut out like a mask on their face? I wonder if anyone's like, done that for COVID. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I would rather them do it for COVID than to murder someone. Well, yeah, that's a pretty pretty good statement there. I'm just going to go out and go ahead and tell you, he's a pathetic piece of garbage. So the fact that this weird loser made that, I'm just like, my God, like, oh my God, death penalty for that alone. Like, I can't stand this guy. He just, ugh, I'll tell you later. No, he has the most, like, I will explain it to you in a second, but like, he just makes me want to take two showers. That's how nasty he is. Like, he... (laughs) Um, okay, so they find his his mask. They find three guns, knives, a samurai sword, um, a hacksaw package, a master key to all the apartments, a key to Lauren's apartment, women's underwear, which they DNA test, and they're Lauren's, and the oddest thing out of everything, maybe even more so than the mask, they find condoms in his bedside drawer, which, like, okay, he's a 25-year-old law student, so that seems normal. Well... The police ask him about his sexual habits because they're trying to, like, they're his guy, right? So, like, they're trying to be like, okay, was he obsessed with her? That's why he killed Like, was he trying to, like, rape her or something? Is that why he killed her? So, they're trying to figure it out. He just, he, he is so proud to tell them that he's a virgin and he admits that he broke into apartments to steal the condoms. What? Why would you admit that? Well, because he's stupid. Like, I can't even see that as being like, a, oh, they're go- like, this is a good idea to help them not suspect me. Like, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I did. I, no, I'm a good Christian boy. I'm a virgin, but I did break into people's apartments and steal those condoms, i.e. the person who flipping just broke into someone's apartment and murdered them. It makes you look like the person that did that, moron. Yeah, that's not good in my Let's life. just. Let's just thank God this idiot never got to be an attorney because he's clearly incompetent. But he's just stupid. Like, I mean, he literally just went through law school. He's probably studying current pro. Like, do not say things that make you look more like a murderer than you already did. Like, just keep your mouth shut. Do not admit to being a burglar because now what can they do? Arrest you. Right. And that's what they do. So they arrested him for burglary because everything that they have on him for Lauren, unfortunately, is circumstantial. Like... Yeah, her underwear in his apartment, but, and God knows that she didn't put them there, but in theory, he could argue that, you know? Right. Um, and then 
the key to her apartment. In theory, he could say, oh, it's her friend. That's why I had it. You know, so everything's circumstantial. Um, but I remember they have a hacksaw package, which is like, why on earth does a random guy just that lives in this apartment has no yard, nothing like that. Why does he have a right. hacksaw in his college or his law school apartment? Um, so they're they're intrigued by that. Um, so they like they end up searching his apartment. I think like nine times, which is sketch. I will say that's not great police work um, because that leaves room for like, oh, did they plant stuff? Like, why'd they come back? Some you know, so that doesn't look great. But right. he's guilty seven ways to Sunday. Like this man did it. No ifs, ands, buts. <laughs> But, um, so they are like, okay, he has a samurai sword. That alone could be the weapon. I just, he, I, I can't stand him. I just, ugh. You know, you hate all these people that murder people. You're like, God, they're just waste of space. Like, I wish the poor victim they murdered was here, not them. But right. he's a different level of just, ew, oh, yeah. you're oh, disgusting. Yeah. Like, does he get a lawyer? Well, he finally gets a lawyer, but then he ends up firing him and tries to represent himself. Oh my god, why do why does everyone no I don't know. I don't I don't know. He could not, I'll tell you that. So. I would um what is the saying? A lawyer has well, something that's their own lawyer has a fool for a client or something like that. Base yeah, yeah. if you're your own lawyer, you're a fool. Yeah. No matter how skilled or trained you are, don't do that. Yeah. It just it makes you look crazy from the get go. Um Da, da, da. Okay, so they find the hacksaw and they're like, okay, this probably played a substantial role in the dismemberment of this poor woman. So they like turn the whole complex over, not just his apartment. And they find like, I don't know, um, bless this mess that it was like a laundry facility. So I'm assuming they had like communal laundry. Maybe the apartments didn't have their own. Um, so it's like a apartment laundry room. And they... <laughs> He's such an idiot. They find a sheet in one of the dryers with blood on it. Um, oh, God. Yeah. And then they also find in one of these closets a... It's like a it's like a closet that you had to have a key to. So they found a hacksaw with blood on it. They had to do DNA testing, obviously, but it was visibly blood. Um, but, so this, again, is reason everybody starts pointing the finger back at the maintenance man. But it's like, hello, you just searched Stephen's apartment and he has a master key. So, uh, and he also has the packaging to this hacksaw in his apartment. So that's another big uh, goose egg in the Stephen column. They can finally arrest Stephen because it's like they can tie him to it, you know. But it sucks because somehow this moron, absolute idiot, did all this without leaving any of his DNA in her apartment. I, it it befuddles me. I don't Jesus. I don't understand. That's why it took him. I mean, they arrest him on August second. And they found her part of her body on uh, June 30th. So it's not that that long. But they knew it was him since like day, half day one. <laughs> so it's yeah. like it kind of is a long time in retrospect. But whatever. They get him. They arrest him. Um, and then a grand jury indicts him on several counts. Well, first for Lauren's murder. And then for several counts of child exploitation. Because... This creepy weirdo is actually a freaking pedophile, which is the worst kind of human that could ever exist and don't deserve any rights, in my opinion. And I say that as someone who fiercely defends the Constitution. This piece of garbage. Ugh. Oh my I god. Can't. 
the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, the GBI, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like the 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 crazy, like the biggest amount they had ever found and how or maybe it's his no no no, sorry, it was his defense attorney said it was like the the biggest amount of child pornography he had ever had to like deal with in his criminal defense thirty oh, year career. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's a, a just pedophile. Plus I mean, a murderer. And plus like all this stuff, I mean, like I know a lot of like lawyers have bad rep, but like in order to become a lawyer, like I'm I've already submitted like two or three character and fitness uh statements. So I just wanna know how he got this far in the process. Like he literally had no they didn't find anything and he wasn't concerned about them finding anything. Like is he just like uh really confident in his abilities to hide these things? Like it's just weird. Well, I don't, it's just so infuriating because, like, if you get a speeding ticket, like, they interrogate you. Right. But you can literally be the just the nastiest piece of scum that has all this child porn on your computer. And because they haven't caught you yet, you're you're good to go until you murder somebody. Yeah. Like, that, I just, I mean, I don't know how they would catch him with that unless, you know, the police did. But then he wasn't ever in trouble for it before this. They only found it because... They arrested him, and then they were able to search everything. Um, but, but like you're saying, like it's just insane that all the hoops people have to jump through, and it can be for minor, minor things. And then it's like people like this somehow squeak right. by. Right. Well, he would have squeaked by. It's disgusting. Um, but the GBI found search history for violent porn, necrophilia, and dismemberment. Oh my god! So again, freak flag. Um. And, okay, so this is pretty much a direct quote um, from Bless This Mess. I know I've said it a million times, but they just did such a great job on this one that I, like, literally took notes as I listened because I just liked the way they painted Lauren, and I liked the way that they, you know, people are very, like, uh, we have to be very correct about the way that we talk about these murders. This dude's a freak of nature. This guy's a disgusting piece of garbage. Um, His mom would do interviews and blame the maintenance man and say that he planted it all because... Stephen is a good Christian man, and Christians don't commit murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's a pedophile, so. Yeah. It takes Stephen 10 months to ultimately confess to this murder. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And like I said, there's the only DNA in his apartment of hers are the underwear that he stole from her because he's a pervert. Yeah. Um, and none of his DNA is in her apartment. The, like, smoking gun that they end up getting him with is... They find his digital camera that has 23 videos from outside into Lauren's apartment on the night of the murder. And the most, uh, it gives me chills to think about it before I even say it. She apparently had one of those like um, burglar bars up. I had one in my apartment when I lived alone uh, for this very reason. Um, So he could see. From being a creep from the set. She's on the second floor. So this weirdo is like somehow perched up somewhere. Has his camera like taped on a pole. Filming into her apartment. Sees that she has that burglar bar. And that Googles. They confirm this from his search history. I don't know if he Googles it. He searches it. How to disable a burglar bar. Oh my premeditated. God. Right there. It's premeditated. Yep. Um, but how... Uh, ugh, how how eerie is that? Like just to know that you've put up one of those before, and there's literally 
people, evil people who get on the internet to look up how to disarm the one thing that gives you a small piece of, like, security. That's horrifying to me. Yeah. Um, but so he searches how to disable it. Um, but there's 23 different videos from inside her apartment. Like, oh. and they say that it's like her blinds weren't open, but they weren't all the way shut. And so he was able to see in. Um, yeah. But so he finally, this is in the spring of 2014 that they find this. Um, so on April 21st, 2014, uh, Stephen McDaniel enters a plea deal. It is for life. Um, for murdering Lauren Giddings, he will be eligible for parole in 30 years, which would be 2041. But this was in exchange for a written confession. Um, and I, I don't know. I said this with Susan Daniel Smith last time. Like, I don't like the terrible gory details. I'm going to be really honest. This one is hard. So this is kind of a trigger warning. I'm not going to go into everything, but I think that I wouldn't be telling the story if I didn't tell you what happened, um, unfortunately, to Lauren. Uh, so there's dismemberment. It's it's gruesome. So maybe like go forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Um, okay, so on the night of her murder, he, on June 26, 2011, he had been stalking her through her apartment window. He used the master key that he had stolen to enter her apartment while she was asleep. Um, she saw him in the doorway because she had been asleep, but she heard like a floorboard creak or something, he thinks. And so she saw him in the doorway and he had that mask on and she said, she assertively said, get the F out. Um, which is like good for you Lauren like can right. you imagine like having the wherewithal you just woke up this is your worst nightmare you literally have a burglar bar to prevent this from happening this is worst case scenario but you have the sense about you to be like I'm not going out without a fight so she like says that and then he um, jumped on her bed and he starts to strangle her she's fighting back but she like falls during it and gets like stuck a certain way so she can't really fight him off anymore and so he strangles her to death um and then he says after that nothing else happened to her then he well like he didn't sexually assault her he says then he drug her to the bathtub then he just like went home i guess slept it off and then later that day because this was like in the early morning like midnight early morning hours that he Mm -hmm. killed her um, so later that, that same day, he comes back and he begins to dismember her. Trigger warning, this is where it starts. Um, he said he started with her head. Then he cut off all of her fingers and flushed them down the toilet. Um, and then he bagged up, you know, all the parts of her body. He put the torso in the apartment trash can. And then he put all the rest of Lauren in the school dumpster. Oh my gosh. Disgusting. Just the most disgusting person. And what is so... I, I mean, I, everything about this is worst case scenario, disgusting to the max. But one of the craziest things about this is... Um, in his, in he, So he had to give this written confession in exchange for a plea deal. Because this was a death penalty case. But they like... You know, it takes years and years and years to do a death penalty case. Like, in this written confession, he literally says... He calls Lauren his friend and says he's sorry. Oh, my gosh. Called her his friend. And he says, like, that, you know, the motive was not at all sexual. Like, he wasn't going to sexually assault her. His motive was just to murder because, like, when he was in high school and stuff, he would brag to his friends about how he knew how to get away with the perfect murder. This idiot was caught, like, within a day of when they people realized she was missing. 
So you don't know how to get away with perfect murder. You more wrong. Also, they it looked like from her apartment that there wasn't a lot of evidence, but like they said, whenever they used luminol in the bathtub, it like lit up like a Christmas tree. Like he, you know, he thought he was so smart and he's so great, but he's yeah. just a yeah. failure at just one more thing. I mean, I'm glad, but he's just a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um. I mean, nothing can replace her, but they have filed a civil suit seeking five million dollars in damages. Um. Good. They try to keep her memory alive by scholarship in a softball tournament back in Maryland. Um, and I just, you know, this is anytime I imagine that if your child dies, it's the worst thing you could experience. But just the brutality and the just senselessness of, the, of what happened to Lauren. Like, it was unnecessarily brutal. It was unnecessary to begin with, obviously. But just the overkill and the craziness of it. Like, I don't know how that poor family can recover. I mean, I... I don't understand, but God bless them. I'm glad that they're yeah. doing okay. Well, as okay as they can be. Um, right. It's just, I uh, can I just can't imagine someone I love literally being dismembered and parts of them scattered throughout a city, and they didn't even find the head and the limbs. Oh, my God. All they have is that torso, which they ended up using her dad's DNA to um, say for sure it was her. And one of the mm-hmm. things from Bless This Mess they're talking about is how her dad... Whenever he found out she was missing, he, like, drove down. Because they, they're in Maryland. She's in Georgia. So, he, like, drove down um, to look for her, to find her. What You know, I mean, he's her dad. He cares. And so, he, when he gets there, they found the body. Or the torso. And he's like, yeah, I want to see her. Because at this point, he thinks it's a body. And they had to explain, like, no, no, you can't ID her. There's nothing to ID. Like, I, I can't imagine hearing that about somebody yeah. you love. Right. Um, yeah. It's just worst case scenario. But Stephen, he tried to appeal. It was denied, thank God. Um, After he's pled guilty, he writes this letter to the court. And he complains about how the system has failed him. And how guards are nice to him. And how the police yell at him. And, like, just woe is him. He just can't believe he's getting treated this way. Which, I'm not here to say that that doesn't happen. But he's literally the most, I don't, hard to like character, not sympathetic. Like, you deserve to be yelled at every day for the rest of your miserable life. Right, For the next 30 years till you might be eligible to parole, but you're never going to see the light of day again. You deserve it. You dismembered, cut off her fingers and flushed them down the toilet. You're, quote, friend. Yeah. Yes. Lauren deserves to be alive. You deserve to be yelled at every day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Lauren would prefer, Lauren and her family and her actual friends would prefer her to be alive, even if it meant she got yelled at every day, which is a uh, uh, part of being a lawyer, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. And, and that's too, is like, and I said this, I think about Mark Putnam, like, yeah, he only killed one woman, but two were dead because of his actions. That's the same thing with this idiot. Like, there's two people whose lives are ruined. Lauren, well, I mean, multiple people. I'm sure her whole family's lives are ruined. But, like, his and hers. Like, somehow, by some miracle, he was on his way to being an attorney. And she worked hard and was a smart girl. And that's why she was going to be an attorney. But, like, you know, he threw away his future. He didn't just kill this wonderful, beautiful, intelligent girl. He also killed his future. Like, what? I just, he's just a waste of space is all I can say. But I also watched this YouTube video by this, like, I don't know his name. He's some psychologist. And he kind of gets into all the things he, like, I don't know. He doesn't say outright what he thinks wrong with Stephen. But 
he's like talking about like some of just like his search history and how uncomfortable it is. Like he would Google escape prison, choke unconscious, how long? Because he had choked her and he was like, oh my God, what if she wakes up before he went back and dismembered her? And then like he knew he was going to get caught. So he like Googled escape prison. Um, so like he, what I don't the know. heck is wrong with him? It's just the most premeditated thing. And it's like in a digital age, how do people ever think they're going to get away with anything but especially murder like oh yeah you googled all this you googled it you idiot i did it on the dark web so it's not traceable <laughs> okay <laughs> whatever um they found a jump drive in his like apartment that had all kinds of like not not like sexy personal photos, but like personal photos that weren't necessarily on the internet. Like pictures he had snuck into her apartment and somehow like got off her devices and saved onto his jump drive. Uh. Like he had been doing this. We don't know how many. T- he says he, I think he said he only went in there like once, but I don't believe that at all. If he's going into other people's apartments and stealing right. condoms, he's fixated on Lauren. He's clearly doing weird stuff with her. And so I'd hate to know. And she knew, like, obviously she was concerned. She felt it. That she could feel she was being watched. And that's just so horrifying because she was. And it's like she was in the most stressful time of her life studying. Plus she had to deal with this and she, she knew it, you know, that's so, and she was so close to being out of there. She was literally leaving like that week or the next and moving in with her boyfriend. So I just want to end with the um, district attorney, David Cook's quote. He said, It feels good to finally get justice for Lauren, her family, and the community. But considering the great tragedy, nothing can bring happiness. And that is the murder of Lauren Giddings. Wow. Wow. People are crazy. People are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen's definitely a a strong candidate for crazy. Yeah. I'm no psychologist, but I hope yours is somewhat... I don't know how anything could be that's crimey and murdery could not be terrible but i just i don't know dude when i first heard that story it wrecked me for days and i like i said selfishly i don't know if it's because like i sympathize with her as being in like the same season of life and just like understanding the struggle of like i just gotta get through this and then she doesn't get through it but like i don't know that one just messed me up yikes well, I hate to tell you, but mine is not going to be uh, refreshing by any means. Um, oh, good. Uh, I, the only difference is I, uh, these are two. This is a couple that are traveling serial killers. Uh, oh, my God. They are uh, pretty gross as well. This is the story of Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. And I don't know it. You don't know it? No, I thought it was going to be Paul Bernardo and whatever that crazy lady's name is. It's an interesting one just from the standpoint of how quickly just, like, things moved. Um, and that it is nice because there is justice in the end and there are some surviving victims. Um, although, unfortunately, there are quite a few of victims that uh, died due to uh, Coleman and Brown's actions. So, um, Alton Coleman, uh, was born in 1955, um, he was raised in a pretty bad environment, um, there was a lot of, uh, abuse in many different ways, uh, his mother didn't really want him, but his grandma took him in, um, Mm. but his grandma was no better, um, in terms of abuse, there was a lot of, uh, drug use, prostitution, just a lot of 
not, you know, anything for uh, forming a young man what his growing up environment should be. So it's like in front of him this stuff's happening? Uh, no, he was a part of it also. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. traumatizing. Yeah, partially I'm sure at the beginning was by force, but I mean, if this is what you grow up and this is what you see, you know, that's in your normal. room, right, then you're like, oh, this is what people do. Um, and he was also, um, teased a lot by his peers, um, an oddball, um, and, uh, was, uh, decided to join a local gang in order Mm, to, you know, kind of find his, find his spot, you know, he's looking for a place to belong, and he dropped out. Yeah, it's like a family you pick, basically. Yeah, A weird, crazy, messed up one. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, so he dropped out of school in the ninth grade, and he's never held uh, more than an occasional odd job. Um, he um, met uh, Deborah Brown in eight- 1983, so he was in his 20s, and she was as well. She was born in 1962, I believe. Um, so uh, he actually had had a life of crime, both connected to the gang and his home life, but also he had abducted and raped a woman in Illinois. Um, wow. He was sentenced to prison. He served some time. Uh, after um, a while, he was released and later acquitted of other rape charges as well. Um, again, all surviving victims at this point. Um, but uh, when Coleman met Brown in 1983, uh, she was actually engaged to someone else, uh, but she left him to be with Coleman. <laughs> Always a good start. Yes, yes. So, as I said, they met in 1983, uh, and with not much time passing, their spree began on May 29th in 1984. They took uh, nine-year-old Vernita Wheat on a ride in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Oh, no. Yes. So, they... Yeah, they actually... The FBI began pursuing the couple the very next day because they knew... You know, this, I mean, obviously, they have a nine-year-old girl. This isn't going to end well. And they probably had access to Coleman's past uh, criminal record. At this point, right. Brown did not have a criminal record. They did not find uh, Vernita's body until three weeks later. So, um, they killed her. Poor and baby. I'm not going to go into a lot of the specifics about how they killed. A li- some of them I will, some of them I won't. But, um... It's gruesome, and there's a lot of abuse, and there's a lot of assault happening. And all Babies are just cases. so, I mean, oh, everybody's no. hard. But, the, the, I mean, nine is a bait. Like, I can't even. My God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Special kind of evil. Definitely. I agree. I agree. So the day after uh, Vernita's body was found, uh, two girls were uh, walking. I think they were going on an errand just, like, down the street from their house in Gary, Indiana. Um, which, again, is, like, kind of following their path because they were in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. So, uh, Coleman and Brown abducted the two girls. Both were assaulted and beaten. Um, and, uh, actually, one managed to escape. Um, they, uh, thought they had killed her, and then they went to go check on the other girl. And, um, they choked the other girl to death, but the other girl did manage to escape. 
Yeah. Oh so, my god, can you imagine being that friend? Like, yeah. obviously, no, nothing at all is her fault, but can you imagine just like, oh my god, I can't, poor baby. Yeah, yeah, and just like wishing it was like, oh, that should have been me, you know. Just survivor skill. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. they continued down, Um. so that was June 18th, the next day, uh, June 19th, they were uh, uh, still around that general area, and they posed as a couple, Phil and Pam. From Boston, and they befriended Donna Williams, uh, 25 years old. Um, and it's unclear like how that day went, but that evening, um, she was reported missing because they only had last seen her uh, leaving her church to pick up her new friends, which of course are Joan and Pam, which were really uh, Brown and Coleman. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so um, several days later, almost a week later, they finally found uh, Donna's car in Detroit, Michigan, and it mm. contained uh, Coleman's fingerprints and Brown's fake ID, so they knew that they had something to do with it, but no evidence of, um, like, they didn't have blood evidence or anything like that. So they're already on their trail since day one, and then they find them tied to the second victim now. Because they're right. stupid enough to leave their IDs in the car? In her car. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. So okay. Another kind of special case of stupid. Yeah, yeah, really. So they're like, literally, I mean, they're just a couple days behind the couple. And this continues. So on June 24th, so this is five days later, the duo um, kidnapped a 28-year-old Detroit woman in front mm-hmm. of her home and demanded to be driven to Ohio. Um, and in fact, what? actually, yeah, exactly. So they literally were in Indiana, then they went up to Detroit, and which is probably why they found Donna's car there. And then now they want to go to Ohio, so they know that you know they're they this isn't this isn't going to last much longer. Um, yeah, so they're just, like, spiraling at this point, like, oh, cage yeah. animals trying to get out of it, but they're just making it worse. Right, right, and, you know, who knows, people who do this, like, just as your guy, I mean, there's something not clicking there, so... Yeah, you can't ever get in their mindset, because it's not a normal mindset. Right, exactly, exactly. So, um, this host is actually where they, um, demanded to be driven to Ohio, which I'm not sure why they didn't just be, like, we're stealing your car, but they didn't, I don't know if they didn't want to, yeah. I don't know. So, but this hostage actually intentionally crashed her car into a parked truck and ran away. Um, and this Smart! Is, yeah, that's pretty common, actually, because they say a lot of times when you're a hostage, like, you'll remember, you'll, like, have your seatbelt on, but the other people won't have their seatbelt on, so you should always, like, try to crash. They say crash into, like, a wall so you don't hurt other people, but you should be fine. Yeah. It's yeah. them, and plus, even if they don't get hurt from it, like, they'll need to run oh. away. So. Well, they'll be, like, spooked for a second. Yeah, they're not going to be worried yeah. about you. Right, and they'll be like, oh, the police are coming. We should probably leave. So, <laughs> yeah. in case that happens to you. Um, and then four days later. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Tip. Uh, four, four days later, they uh, invaded a residence of Palmer and Marge Jones, 62 and 59, uh, in Dearborn Heights. This is, again, outside. Uh, trying to picture remember where this is but um they were badly beaten robbed and their car was stolen they did serve they did survive um luckily but yeah so just very interactions there's like there's like a very limited amount of trickery and then it just goes to violence so 
Um, let's see. Dearborn. Those little kid? old people. Oh, okay. I know. It, I know. Gosh. So kids and old people. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, a couple of days later, they are uh, still in uh, near like Detroit area, and that they have other examples where similar things are happening. Um, and then actually, at one point, they uh, befriend a woman like at a supermarket or something. Marion Gaston, and uh, they go to uh, her, or I'm sorry, her name is Mary Phillips, and then her husband, or her husband, boyfriend, something like that, Marion Gaston, uh, they go to his house, and uh, you know, like, oh, this, these, these nice young people just help me with my groceries, something like that. The, they just met at the grocery store? Yeah, and then I guess they came over, or and um, it was a different time it was just a different time oh, yeah. you could do that back then i yeah. guess 1984 what well, in the world we'll get to that so about a little bit more about how times are very different uh with my yeah. example that i have for you but uh yeah so they they um beat the couple in their in his home with uh, a pipe Oh. And stole their car. So um, they finally were like, all right, let's get on our way to Ohio. And in Toledo, Ohio, um, they went to someone's home. And they don't know the exact storyline, but they uh, found the homeowner and her daughter, her 10-year-old daughter, in a crawl space in their home. So, oh, my God, dead, right? Yeah. So oh. it's unclear like if they were using it to like hang out a little bit or what. but. Six days later, they're in Cincinnati. Mm. So, they... Um, Too close. Too close for yeah. comfort. I don't like yeah. this. And during that time, so, at, well, they get to Cincinnati around June, uh, July 13th. And uh, July 11th is when they found uh, the body of the woman who they uh, pretended to be a couple from Boston, too. Um, oh and they found it uh, in an abandoned building near where the car was found, and she was also uh, very abused and oh injured um, when they found her. Uh, they um, attacked a couple of different people, a 15-year-old, um, and then they also attacked um, a couple in Norwood, which is, like, near Brookwood, if you know where that That's is. That's where Bukitabepo is, honey. Yeah, yeah, and uh, P.F. <laughs> Chang's, P.F. Wang's. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they continued on to Lexington. Um, they oh actually God. abducted two men. Um, what? But, yeah, it's a little bit different than their typical MO. But the It m- seems like they don't have an MO. It's just like well, a woman, yeah. if they can find it, if not a kid, or a woman and a kid, but now two men. That's it's like all, all over the place. place. Yeah, exactly. Well, the two men talked them out of killing them. So but- they were just like, hey, uh, let's. Let's just uh, hang out. Let's go to. Let's a just all calm down. Let's yeah. just take it. Let's take a step back. Yeah. So, um, so Gosh. they luckily lived. Um, and then Good. around July nineteenth, um, they were near Indianapolis, and uh, there was a seventy-seven-year-old Eugene Scott, uh, who was mm. uh, killed for his car. So, gosh, yes, old man, yeah, I know, I know. And then, uh, two days later, in uh, July 20th, they were finally arrested in Evanston, Illinois, which is like across the river from uh, Louisville. Okay, um, but they actually, it's 
they got a tip off from a passing motorist who had recognized Coleman from the neighborhood he grew up in. So like, what are the That's chances? the woman, right? No, Coleman is the guy. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, That's Brown. so crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So, um... What? Yeah. That is like fate. Exactly. So they get arrested and they verified their identity through the fingerprints on uh, a number of these scenes, some of them I mentioned. Uh, there were fingerprints, so they were able to tie that. Um, Coleman was tried in Ohio, Indiana, and, Indi- uh, and Indiana and Illinois. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was sentenced to death um, four times. So, uh, yeah. Oh, good. For all of his. Okay. And uh, speaking of acting as your own lawyer, which, again, just please don't do that. And also, when you yeah. make an appeal or decide to get a lawyer and then you have a lawyer take over a pro se case, it's annoying. Please don't do that. I've had one time <laughs> where that has actually came to a good outcome. So, please don't do that. Um, I'm going to say I've never seen it, honestly. Oh, never. God. It's a bad situation. It's frustrating. Um, so, yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, so uh, he acted as his own lawyer, and he actually called Brown, his girl, quote unquote, girlfriend, as a witness, and she was finally oh, tried. So he he examined her and attempted to make it look like she was uh, a murderer, like had initiated the acts and done the acts on one of the victims that they were talking about in terms of getting uh, sentenced to death. Um, it did not work. That was not, it, yeah, no, no. Uh, and, uh, a part of that was because Brown was determined to, um, just, uh, be on the brink of, uh, mental competency. So, um, they actually have since, um, taken away her death sentence and she just has life imprisonment. And so So he was actually the ringleader. She oh. just kind of went along. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of manipulation going on, and that kind of came out close to the time of tra- trial, but also since then, uh, since Coleman has been executed, since he was executed, he has, uh, received the death sentence uh, in three states, and but then was executed in Ohio in 2002. Good. How do you, how do these people find each other, honestly? Like, you ever think about it, like, oh, I got this new boyfriend, he seems great, and then somewhere down the road he's like, hey, let's kidnap and kill this little nine-year-old, and then you all just become serial killers? Like, how does this, how do these evil people find each other? Exactly. Exactly. Like, how do you even, like, get started talking about, like, oh, you maybe want to do that? Like, how does it come up? Like, I I just, I never understand. Because, like, even though she's manipulated, like, she's evil, too, because she let him kill a nine-year-old and participated. Right, and she did act like she was a direct actor in some of these cases, especially um, in terms of the abuse before and after uh, a victim was killed. Um, right, and they're taking on two people sometimes. Like, no oh, matter yeah. what, even if it is a guy, like, if it's two people, it's harder. So clearly she had to be involved. Yeah, yeah. So it's awful. Um, yeah, so he was um, executed April 22nd, 2002 at the Southern uh, Ohio Correction Facility in Lucasville. I think that's just a, a little ways north. Um, <clears throat> See ya. Yeah, so, and then Brown is currently incarcerated at the Dayton Correctional Institution, so about an hour away. Um, 
Good. Yeah, so it was 2019 when um, she officially had the demand for execution removed because of her mental disability. Um, it's unlikely that she'll ever be freed. She technically faces two life sentences in Ohio, plus an additional 140 years in Iowa, in, in Iowa Indiana. So she's not getting ah. but I can understand, like, their point of view that, you know, execution might not be the right choice. She was, in fact, uh, diagnosed with um, uh, borderline intellectually disabled with dependent personality disorder. Um, and Coleman yeah. obviously played on that. Uh, he actually was in yeah. prison. He was diagnosed with mixed personality disorder, displaying antisocial, narcissistic, and obsessive obsessive features. Um, and he also had some other uh, issues that were concerning and probably, you know, nature versus nurture obviously plays a piece here. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he just had a hostile environment from the jump. Right, right. Yeah. But hers yeah. is actual, like, um, cognitive, like, not just, oh, she... She has these emotional, like, she's mean, basically, at the end of the day. But hers are, like, she just, you know, maybe couldn't figure it out on her own. Exactly. Exactly. So, I um, guess that does make a difference, but it's still hard whenever it's like, okay, but they're still a dead nine-year-old and other kids. But what, I don't know. I just, I get really worked up over kids, but I understand it logically, but I'm just, I still don't like it. I know. I know. I know. That's your, uh. That's Kids are my thing, man. Thing. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So, of their 53-day crime spree across multiple states, um, it resulted in eight killings, seven rapes, three <sighs> kidnappings, and 14 armed robberies. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. It was crazy. That's like less than two months. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. I know. I, I can't read one whole book in two months. Like, how um, did they yeah. rob 14 people? Yeah, I <laughs> literally, I do not know. I do not know. So, um, I do have a little story here. Um, okay, so, both my parents uh, born and raised in Cincinnati area. My dad's from a little bit north. Uh, but my mom literally grew up up the street from where we live now. So, she's always been in Cincinnati. Um, and, uh, in high school, no, I'm sorry, let's see. So this was, this would have been 1984. She thought it was 1986, but it's 1984. She's in college at this time. She goes to Xavier, which is really close, basically, in Norwood, which is where we were talking about earlier. Right, right, right. Yeah, but so, but she was actually, um, again, like, she lives close to where I live now, which is near Wyoming, uh, Ohio. Tell him. Tell him. Yeah, it's triangulate, baby. I'm gonna tell you right where I live, but uh, what yeah. color's your front door? What house number? <laughs> what color's your mailbox? What's your sister security number? <laughs> uh, uh, well, my grandpa is known as the mayor of my neighborhood, so if, oh. you, if you do know, like you know, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> if you know, you know, baby. Exactly. Exactly. So, she was in Wyoming, Ohio, which is a pretty nice area. Um, uh, it's nicer than where I live. <laughs> um, but um, she was uh, waiting for her boyfriend. She, her boyfriend lived in Wyoming at the time, and she was uh, at his parents' house, but her, his parents weren't home either. And she was waiting for him to get off work uh, at the UDF around the corner. They actually just redid it. It's really nice. It's like Cata Corner from Lee's Chicken. That's like how I remember oh, where it is. Also very nice. Yes. And also down the street from Drake Hospital, which is where uh, the notorious Angel of Death once worked. <gasps> yes. We have to do that eventually. I know. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. 
So, um, so yeah, she's just waiting on her boyfriend's steps. Um, it had been like, oh, like they had plans to go out and he knew that obviously my mom isn't crazy. Uh, and, yeah. uh, she was waiting, uh, uh, for about like 45 minutes and she didn't like think of anything and like, she, they didn't have cell phones and she was like, I don't want to like walk to work and be like, what are you doing? But, but, like, she didn't Excuse me. Excuse me. And this was not my dad. So yeah. Also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hey-o. Sorry. sorry, dad. Um, but, uh, yeah. So. Um, and their, her parents, uh, or I'm sorry, his parents, her boyfriend's parents at the time, they lived across the street from a church. And, uh, she remembers, you know, looking at the church, she remembers sitting on the, ch- on the steps. And, um, uh, it later came out that while she was on those steps, the serial killer couple was hiding out in the church and giving confession. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I guess they left in a car. My mom <gasps> doesn't think that she remembers seeing the car, but it was like on a corner, so they could have pulled out or, you know, she could have been doing something. Oh. And Can you imagine was... how many like serial killers do you walk past every day? Your mom literally sat across from two and didn't realize it. Like they were in a building, but she was sitting across from two. What? And she's just chilling there, like front. Steps, where's like, my freaking boyfriend i'm late for my date like she's sitting there mad and they're like yes we killed these kids and uh i'm real sorry god thank god that priest had a like moral obligation not just like his holy one not to but i guess this is the same like as attorney if you think they might kill again you can tell oh i, I don't know because he called the cops as soon as they left <laughs> good for him honey right, yeah, so that's she, one good priest. Yeah, she found out a couple weeks later, and again, goes to the thing. It's a different time, you know. This was yeah. twenty thirty five years ago. Golly. Yeah, <laughs> my mom's old, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> no, she's not. I can't imagine just like sitting somewhere and waiting on Josh. That is like, I don't know what time he's gonna be there. I don't know how. I, you know, you can't do that nowadays. You just yeah. couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and I'm always, like, I'm not, I always track, like, my friends, I mean, I track my parents when I track my friends, because I'll be, like, it's 6 o'clock, why aren't they home from work yet, like, I'm bored, I miss them. (laughs) It's 6 p.m., do you know where your parents are? Right. That's what I was about to say, can we, like, start a a parent's corner? Mom, I call my mom Terry, just, like, joking, I don't call her that to, like, to her face, unless I'm, like, Terry, can look at this, like, I have a lot of respect for her, she's an angel, but, uh, she just, she... She's the funniest person, and literally everybody that meets her loves her because she's just like, when if you hear like you know how people say oh somebody's extra Terry is the definition of extra like she's prettier than any twenty five year old I know she's wilder it's like let's go do this let's go do that let's go do this now I'm not tired why are you tired let's go do everything like oh my god I could I could tell you stories for days so we're gonna have to start a parents corner <laughs> yeah my parent I call my dad Joe but I don't call my mom. Laura. Also, I found out I was saying her name wrong like whole my, my whole life because I thought it was Laura, and she's like, it's "Laura." La-. I was like, "She was like, no, it's Laura," and I was like, "That's the same thing." Laura. I'm like, "Mom, I've been saying your name is Laura for my whole life." But okay, my mom also like everyone is obsessed with her because she <laughs> teaches at my undergrad. So like half my friends are education majors, so they have her as a professor. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm not kidding. And like even like I went to brunch with one of my friends. Hey Maggie, I bet you're listening because you're the best. Um, and 
she's like, oh my god, I just love your mom. Like, I can't wait to have her as a teacher. Like, she's just so great. And blah, 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 blah. And it's so funny. And, like, everyone is just obsessed with her. Like, no, my mom's my best friend, actually. Um, One time she said to me, she was like, you know, because, like, it's really weird to me that my parents are, like, 55 because they seem a lot younger. Like, my dad looks the same. And my, I think my mom looks the same, too. And I was like, mm-hmm. like, how old do you actually feel? She's like, I don't know. But, like, I wish I was your age because I just want to, like, experience life with you. <gasps> And I was like, Laura. I love you, mommy, so much. That's so sweet. I can't tell you how old Terry is because Terry would literally beat me, but she's 25. She looks, I mean, she really does look probably like in her 30s. She's not because I'm 25, but (laughs) she, I mean, the woman doesn't age, but also she's got that thing that you're talking about with your mom. Like, all my friends love her. And like, I don't know, like, she just. She's one of the most likable people. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. I, y'all like her more than you like me. I'm your friend. Yeah. Literally, I'll be like, oh my gosh, so good to see you. I'm like, oh, how's your mom? I missed her. I'm like, yes, bruh, it's me. Yes, yes, yes. It's a hard but at least though. they're, I mean, I would, I'm glad they're well-liked. That's a great thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. I would oh, rather yeah. them think, be well-liked. Right. I think my dad's really funny, though, too. So it's a good time. And then everyone loves my brother, too, because he's just so funny. Oh, my gosh. And your dad sounds like a hoot. Oh my god, you would love him. And he would ask you 25 questions and he would say, he would just love your southern accent so much. <laughs> he thinks it's so funny. But it is really funny because, like, his mom is from, like, Harlan County. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me you had some East Kentucky family. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think his dad's from around there, too. But uh, it's just so funny to see the opposite. I don't know. But um, Does he everyone... not have an accent? Oh, no, no. He's from Middletown. He's real oh, okay. He's His really family's regular. just from there. Okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah. And like he was he when he was born they lived in Middletown. So it's just funny how that and it's and also like when I'm with him, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you're just like your dad. But then when I'm with my mom, they're like, Oh my gosh, you look just like your mom. So it's just Yeah, funny. I get that too. I think I look like I don't know, I see both, but I think I my mom always says I look like her. I think I look like her too, but Yeah. yeah. Plus you have her. And also right I Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My mom and my sister, though, I don't, I don't know. Some, I think I look like my mom. I don't think I look like my sister at all. But people either say you look just like or you don't look anything like at all. Oh yeah. But it's people that know us say we like know us both say that we look alike, and I think it's because we act a lot alike. Like manners okay. like a huge deal. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Because I act the exact same as my mom. Like sometimes I say stuff, and I'm like, oh my god. Or sometimes I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I look like my mother. It's yeah, funny. you look just like your dad. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, a lot of people say. But I, my, I mean, my mom and I, if you hear us hang up on the phone, we sound the exact same. Like, our jokes, <laughs> like, our everything that we do, or, like, our, like, everything. It's so funny. We're twins, literally. Um, But we have to brag on Joshua because Josh has been so sweet during, like, all of, he knows how much I like, I like true crime, you like true crime. Mm-hmm. And um, he, like, I don't know. I, it's just been like, I don't want to like get into all the details, but it's just been a difficult uh, season. And this podcast is like something that makes me so excited. And it's just like something that I looked forward to all of bar prep. Like it was the light at the end of the tunnel. Now it's like, okay, it's something I look forward to every week. It's like my de-stressor. Um, and so he said that after we recorded the first episode, he saw just like how happy we were and how happy it made me and how much like, you enjoyed it and how much fun we had together. And so he 
bought us this really nice podcasting mic. And I'm sad that you can't be here to use it for its inaugural use. But Mm -hmm. thank you, Josh. That's so sweet. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Yeah, he is wonderful. And he always laughs at my jokes. And I (laughs) could not think Because you're funny. Not just because he laughs at him. It's because you're funny. I just, yeah, he's just 10 out of 10. Great, great dude. He loves you, too. Good job. We love you, Joshua. We love love the Joshy. We love Josh and Wiggly and Waffle and Miss Maui. And Jay and Baby Jay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maui's just my dog now, I guess. (laughs) Maui's a house guest. It's been gone for, like, since the last podcast came out. (laughs) Literally, I'm, like... Uh, an hour ago, no, like, yeah, an hour ago, my mom, like, I think she was trying to knock on my door, and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm recording. She's like, oop. She goes, oops, sorry. I'm like, you can put Jane here if you need to. She's like, nope, she's mine. Uh, no, mine. She Terry FaceTimed me twice while we were recording, and I texted her, I said, recording a podcast. <laughs> she's probably gonna be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, give me y'all peek and hit. Ugh, okay. Uh, da da da. What is. I don't even know. Peak is election season will be over in probably, what, a day or so? Yeah, hopefully by the time this comes out, we're gonna know who our frizzy be. Um, can I just say this whole time that, um, all this has been going on? Every time, like, a state would change, I, in my head, just start singing, Never gonna be president, never gonna be president now, from Hamilton, and I just can't stop. <laughs> You sound like Kinsley. Like, does she say that? She references I Have Con Law with her, so literally every other reference is to Hamilton, and sometimes she plays Hamilton songs, like, while we're logging in to Zoom in the morning. Oh my gosh! I, I love that woman. I love that woman! Hey, um, okay, so Pitt, uh, Need to test part two. Need to test? Oh, Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, my I guess my second COVID test is my pit because I have just like al- like seasonal allergies like I have for 25 years. Just see what it is. Um, but so like my nose is just really sensitive right now where it's like irritated. And so I'm in line to get this COVID test. And I had already had one literally a week ago. And it was like a walk in the park. Like the lady, I was like, hot dang, I cleaned my nose better than that. Like she didn't even hardly stick it in there. Like I've seen these horror stories and she like barely tickled my nostrils. So, I had this inflated, like, soothing, oh, this isn't going to be bad, because the last one wasn't bad. And, and I pulled away a little bit, but we got it done, and I'm negative, so I, it's a pit, but a peak Yay. still. Yeet. What's your pit and peak? Um, Start with your pit, so we can end on a positive. Oh, yes. You know it, home dog. Um, so, I would say that my pit... Um, is just the frustrating times that come along with election. I know this is a very heightened election, but um, yeah. the frustration of uh, the the politics behind the politics of election, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's just yes. been pretty frustrating <laughs> to me, um, as well as I'm an impatient person and, you know, watching Nevada slowly count the vote. <laughs> Have you seen that thing that says, found out who's counting Nevada, and it's that guy that says one... Da 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 two. No. And he's like, oh my god, I was like, that is perfect. There was a, vic- a picture of a sloth, like, in a Yes! I was like, yes, yeah. I saw that one. 
I think it's from like Zootopia or something. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. And obviously like they're trying, but they're seeing like people like protest and scream and holler while people are trying to do a really important duty to our just dem- indignant uh, democratic system. Exactly. So it's just very frustrating. Um but yes. I would say my peak, um, speaking of Kinsley, um so one of our professors, Jennifer Kinsley, she's a wonderful woman. She has accomplished so much um, in her life already um, and through, uh, through a lot of adversity also. And so I just, um, mm-hmm. she really gave us the time to feel and talk and speak yesterday in class. Um, and it was really emotional, but it was really productive. And um, a lot of what's going on right now is, you know, a part of our constitution. Um, but, yeah, you know, 200 and some years later, the heartache that comes with it. Um, and so I just, you know, she's someone that just really rocket boosts, um, as we say, about the, uh, oh, no, it's a special clause in there. And it's a rocket booster only. Oh, no, she's, I hope she doesn't hear this. I don't um, know what the heck you're talking oh, about. It's, What's a rocket uh, like booster? A, it's, a, it's a certain clause. You can't use it by yourself. It's like permanent oh i'm gonna edit that out or I'm the necessary and proper clause yeah, what did you just say the rocket booster <laughs> that's what she calls it because you can't use it by yourself it's a rocket booster oh okay to other stuff so I, <laughs> already by myself i was i love the law and i love law school but she has rocket boosted my excitement for law school and i don't know what i would do without um some of you know, the space that she's opened up. Yeah. So. Can this just be the Kinsley corner? Oh my gosh. That woman. One time I had to do like, I was in student government when I was uh, in law school and I just, I had to do this faculty meeting and like I had a presentation and one of the teachers was uh, less than uh, receptive and like, you know, I kind of uh, had to answer a lot of questions for this particular faculty member. Kinsley personally called me to just make sure I was okay because she, I guess, agreed that it was kind of disrespectful oh and just just called to check on me, make sure I was okay. Mm, my whole heart. How sweet! Whole heart. I a love great, her. Great woman. I love her. Yes, she person. Is. She is. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. If you like our podcast, you can. If well, I mean, I hope you like it because you found it and you're listening to it. Um, so you found it either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you found it on Apple Podcasts, why do I want to say Apple to Podcast? That's not right. <laughs> if, you, if you found it on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe there um, so that every time we add an episode, you'll automatically get it in your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and rating. If not, just, you know, have a Be good day. Way. Yeah. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Uh, just kidding. I mean, but please really don't leave me in my mouth for I'm trying to get those numbers up, baby. Yup. Um, and then we also have Spotify. So if you have Spotify, you can follow us on there. I don't, do they have a rating system or is it just like follows? Uh, no idea. I don't think, I think it's just like you follow a page. So it's like, that's how you subscribe there. Um, and then do you want to give our Insta? Yeah, sure. Our Instagram is time to crime. It's the number two. Time to Crime podcast, and we post about our episodes, um, and we uh, enjoy reposting uh, our followers' content as well as following back. So you know, get those yeah. up. 
And if you tag us, like, if you're sharing, like, you know, you'll share your screen that you're listening. Like, tag us in that. We want to see it and we'll share it because it's, like, yeah. I don't know. It makes us feel good to know people are listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And feel free to submit uh, any stories in our DMs there. Uh, we'll occasionally uh, put call-outs for that on um, our Instagram story. And you can also email us. Yeah, at tom 2 crime Podcast, just like the Instagram handle. So number two, time 2 crime Podcast at gmail.com. And there you can do, like, if you have, like, a true crime connection story, like, oh, this guy that lived three houses down the street from me murdered his whole family. Like, please tell me that. I want to know because we want to compile. And, like, once we get enough and start doing listener episodes, um, those will probably be, like, a miniature episode that we put out. Not as our main episode, but, like, you know, in addition to. Or, like, like Andy said, like, you can DM us case suggestions. But if you email them to us, it's just easier to find them that way. Um, but no matter what, like, send us one. Because, like, we want to know what you want to hear. Rather than just, like, the greatest hit serial killers. Like, we want the stories you know that we don't know. So, help us out. Um, do you know what time it is? It is time to... Crap! I love it. Great. I love that it. Was, that was that so was so good. really good. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. I was being facetious, but it wasn't terrible. <laughs> um, excuse me, ma'am. Ma'am, do you have the time? Uh, yeah. What time is it? It's time. Time? <laughs> wait, wait. We gotta figure this out. Okay, are we gonna do it? Time to cry, like each and every one? Or are we gonna do one time, one, two, and then crime together? together that's how we did it last time you like doing it together the whole time yeah but it's kind of hard when i can't see your face so i know let's do it one more time it's funny excuse me uh excuse me ma'am do you know what time it is uh i think it is time (laughs) to crap okay i'm sorry we'll be in person hopefully next time and we won't have to i was literally over here like doing the wave like trying to get you on my wave telepathically (laughs) it was not good but it's okay that's okay it's time to cry okay time to cry time to cry y'all